football a football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james i'm joined once again by nate and mete what's up guys so sup sup all right in today's episode we're going to recap an exciting week six all the matchups that happened there and then we'll just get right into our fantasy football pickups for the week again and then we'll hop right into the week seven matchups there's a lot of good games up ahead so uh, let's just get right into it uh, we'll start with the week six action. And I mean, like Thursday night, it was a great game. It was between Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bucs win 28 to 22. I'm just looking at some of the stats here for Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll start with Tom Brady. He had 297 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Uh, and then getting into the rushing, Leonard Fournette, 22 carries for 81 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So big day for him. And then through the air, Antonio Brown, nine catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. OJ Howard, six catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Leonard Fournette, six catches for 46 yards. And Chris Godwin, five catches for 43 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Buccaneers. Uh, they're pretty much rolling at this point. Yeah, it looks like they're probably going to make another deep playoff run this year. And they've been solid on both offense and defense, I think. Yeah, for sure. Even with their banged up defense in the secondary, they've still been able to play pretty well. Um, we'll get to the Eagles now. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he threw for 115 pass yards, uh, passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, he also had 10 carries on the ground for 44 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And then Miles Sanders had nine carries for 56 yards on the ground. Then getting two receiving, Quez Watkins, three catches for 44 yards. Devontae Smith, two catches for 31 yards. And then Zach Hurts, four catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on the Eagles. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I feel like... They're not that bad of a team. I think the main issue there right now is they're not running the ball enough with Miles Sanders. Uh, I think last couple of weeks, he's been under 10 carries now. I feel like also Jalen Hurts, uh, they're running him too much as when you have your quarterback with 10 carries plus, uh, you're just uh, increasing the risk of injury. So yeah, I feel like they got to use Miles Sanders more. Yeah, for sure. When he's under 10 carries, that's not utilizing him properly. They definitely have a solid run game. I guess they just got to lean into it a little bit more. Um, getting to the next game, this game was in the UK. It was between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. The Jaguars winning it 23-20 to for their first win of the season. Trevor Lawrence, 319 pass yards and a passing touchdown. And then in terms of rushing, James Robinson, 17 carries, 73 yards and a touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Marvin Jones, seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Agnew, five catches for 78 yards. LaVisca Chanel, six catches for 54 yards. And um, yeah, um, Mete, it's pretty exciting. This uh, Jaguars team finally got their win. Trevor Lawrence got his first win in the league. I guess what's next for this team? Yeah, what's next is... Honestly, I think if they win four or more games, that would be a good year for them. Uh, they're off to a tough start. Their uh, roster isn't the greatest. And they got a rookie quarterback. So 
yeah, I think it's going to be challenging for them to pick up more wins, but they're looking better as James Robinson. He, uh, he's been amazing. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's been pretty good too. It's just, he was throwing a lot of interceptions and he's already improving on that. So yeah, I think they do have a chance to get some wins, but I think it'll be hard for them. Yeah, and speaking of a team that's really had a hard time getting wins lately, it's the Miami Dolphins. Uh, getting to their stats, Tua Tagovailoa, 329 pass yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Uh, and then in terms of rushing, Malcolm Brown, five carries for 24 yards. Salvan Ahmed, seven carries for 22 yards. And Tua also had three carries for 22 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Mike Kosecki, eight catches for 115 receiving yards. Jalen Waddle, 10 catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Matt Collins, four catches for 61 yards. And Durham Smythe had five catches for 59 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on this Dolphins team. Yeah, they've lost five in a row. And even with Tua back, they still couldn't get the win. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the offense because I think their offense is pretty solid. I mean, uh, Tua had a pretty, pretty solid game, even with the interception. Um, the receive the receivers, tight ends had a really good game. I think even the um, the running game wasn't too bad either. Like maybe they could have tried like some more run plays, try to uh, make try to tighten that up a little bit more. But I think defense is the bigger issue. I think they're bottom three in the league in terms of defense, so that's probably going to be the thing that they're going to look to improve. Yeah, I was going to say more rush attempts as well. I definitely agree with that. And then, yeah, the defense just really needs to pick it up. It really doesn't look the same as last year. Of course, losing some of their linebackers in the offseason really did them in. And then not having um, guys like Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, it, that also hurts. So, yeah, hopefully their defense can play better. And I guess speaking of a team whose defense actually played better, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they won 31-13 over the Washington football team. Um, definitely a whole lot better than they have been playing for sure. They had been allowing almost 30 points a game, so really solid. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 397 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, on the ground, Daryl Williams, 21 carries, 62 rush yards, and two rushing touchdowns, really solid. And getting to receiving here, Travis Kelsey, eight catches for 99 yards. Tyreek Hill, nine catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. McCole Hardman, four catches for 62 yards. Byron Pringle, three catches for 55 yards. And Demarcus Robinson had three catches for 46 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Chiefs. I guess KC Nation's back, especially on defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, Washington, they have a pretty decent offense too. So it's a good sign that they were able to um, stop a team like Washington. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, can't be allowing that many points a game, especially if you're a team like Kansas City that should be contending every year. At least they're starting to clean that up, and hopefully they will sort of become that high-end playoff team, playoff-level team that I guess people have expected them to be. Uh, I'll get to the football team now. Taylor Heineke, 182 pass yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, on the ground, J.D. McKissick, eight carries for 45 yards. Antonio Gibson, 10 carries for 44 yards. And then through the air, J.D. McKissick, eight catches for 65 yards. Ricky Seals-Jones, four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Deami Brown, three catches for 30 yards. And Terry McLaurin, four catches for 28 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on Washington. I guess, what are your thoughts on them after this game? 
Yeah, my thoughts stay the same as last week. Uh, the defense has to step up. Their offense isn't too bad, but I feel like they could use a couple more targets as uh, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, McKissage. Those are their main guys outside of that. Their playmakers aren't too reliable. So, yeah, I think the defense, they need to step up and I think they need a couple more targets to be a really good team. Yeah, especially with Antonio Gibson possibly being injured for who knows how long, maybe a few weeks. So we'll have to check that out as well. Um, but yeah, you're definitely right about that. They definitely need to start targeting more guys. At least they targeted Ricky Seals-Jones this week, which was really good. He's a new target there for them. Um, getting to the next game, the LA Rams uh, beat the New York Giants 38-11, to big score. Um, in terms of the Rams offense, Matthew Stafford, 251 pass yards, four passing touchdowns and an interception. So big day for him. In terms of rushing, Daryl Henderson, 21 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. Sony Michelle added nine carries for 42 yards. And getting to receiving, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 130 yards and two touchdowns. Another big day for him. Tyler Higby, five catches for 36 yards. Robert Woods, two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Daryl Henderson had two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess, Matty, I'll get to you on this Rams team. Uh, it really seems like they're back into form. I know they had a couple rough uh, matchups uh, against teams in their division, but, yeah, they look really solid. Yeah, they're definitely back into form. I think they're pretty much uh, one of the best teams in the NFC right now. And, yeah, I think they will be Super Bowl contenders. Uh come end of the season yeah i definitely agree they're definitely gonna be a playoff team for sure in my eyes and yeah i guess we'll have to see from there but uh we'll get to the giants now uh daniel jones 242 pass yards three interceptions not a good day for him on the ground Devontae booker 12 carries for 41 yards and elijah penny had uh three carries for 15 yards and a rushing touchdown in terms of receiving sterling shepherd was back he had 10 catches 100 and sorry, 76 receiving yards. And then uh, Dante Pettis had five catches for 48 yards. I, th I believe Katerius Tony got hurt in this game. He still had three catches for 36 yards. But yeah, this uh, Giants offense is pretty banged up. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I guess being banged up doesn't help, especially now considering they had to go up against um, a team that's really dominant in both offense and defense. So Unfortunately, I don't think they had the personnel to kind of um, keep up with a team like the Rams. They were kind of um, overmatched on both both ends of the field. So I guess if they had like Saquon Barkley back, maybe they would have had a little bit more of a chance. But I think this is just kind of like a case of the better team just won that night. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the better team winning, Indianapolis Colts really hammering the Houston Texans, 31-3. to Big score there. Uh, looking at the stats, Carson Wentz, 223 pass yards, two passing touchdowns for him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 14 carries, 145 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, averaging over 10 yards a carry is insane. Jonathan Taylor had a big day. Um, and then just getting to receiving T.Y. Hilton back in the lineup, four catches for 80 yards to lead the team. Paris Campbell, one catch, 51 yards and a touchdown. Michael Pittman, two catches for 35 yards. And Mo Ali Cox's one catch went for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown. So 
Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on this Colts team. Um, they have been playing better recently. I believe they are getting healthier, but I guess what are your thoughts on this team? Well, I guess this is kind of like more of a temper your expectations kind of game because um, Houston's more mostly a rebuilding team and they haven't been the same without Tyrod Taylor. So um, it's been more difficult for the Texans to be competitive, but it's always good to see another win. Yeah, absolutely. Texans have been struggling. Uh, Davis Mills, 243 pass yards, two interceptions for him. Uh, and then in terms of the rush game, Mark Ingram, 18 carries for 73 rush yards. Philip Lindsay had seven for 39 yards. And then getting to receiving, Brandon Cooks, nine catches for 89 yards. Nico Collins, four catches for 44 yards. And then Jordan Aikens with four catches for 41 yards. Uh, Mete, there's not really much to say about this Texans team, but yeah, they're really struggling right now. Yeah, they are struggling, but I'll say that at least Davis Mills, he's starting to look a bit better as, yeah, he was off to, off to a pretty rough start in his first two starts. Uh, two interceptions, not the greatest game, but yeah, he was definitely having worse games than this before. So at least uh, he's starting to pick it up. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough, especially if they don't have Tyrod going forward. Uh, he definitely needs to continue to grow, I guess, as a quarterback, and then maybe they might have a chance of being competitive. But I think that's going to sort of be a, a longer process. Um, getting to the next game here, Cincinnati Bengals being the Detroit Lions, 34-11. to 11. I believe the Lions are the only um, winless team in the league, so that is unfortunate for them. I guess just getting to the stats here, um, for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, 271 pass yards and three passing touchdowns. Brandon Allen comes in and throws for seven yards and a passing touchdown as well. Uh, in terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 18, 18 carries for 94 rush yards. Joe Burrow had five carries for 20 rush yards. And then in terms of receiving, Jamar Chase, four catches for 97 receiving yards. And then Joe Mixon had five catches for 59 and a touchdown, uh, Chris Evans, three catches, 49 yards, and a receiving touchdown. T. Higgins, three catches for 44 yards. And then C.J. Uzama had three catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. Um, Auden Tate's one catch also went for seven yards and a touchdown. So a lot of touchdown scores there for the Bengals. Uh, Mete, getting to you on this Bengals team, yeah, four and two in a tough AFC North division is really solid. Yeah, uh, very impressed by the... Cincinnati Bengals this season um yeah nobody was really expecting them to be four and two at this point and yeah I think Jamar Chase they got probably the best wide receiver it looks like right now from the draft class their defense has been pretty solid uh better than last season so yeah definitely seeing a lot of improvements from the Bengals this year yeah, they definitely do look much improved, especially the way they just handled the Lions. Of course, last week they kept up with the Packers as well. But yeah, getting to the Lions here, Jared Goff, 202 passing yards and one interception. DeAndre Swift, 13 carries, 24 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches for 74 yards. DeAndre Swift, five catches for 43 yards. Khalif Raymond, six catches for 37 yards. And Amon Ra, St. Brown had five catches for 26 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Lions. Uh, I don't even know when they're going to win a game this season, but yeah, I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? 
Yeah, I guess this is kind of more of a team where um, they try to, I guess, be as physical as possible, um, play as hard as possible, and then hopefully they'll get a win eventually. But unfortunately, this Bengals team wasn't the team that they're going to beat this season. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Um, the Lions just really have not looked solid. And they are in a tough division. And speaking of their division, there was a division game uh, from the NFC North. It was the Green Bay Packers beating the Chicago Bears 24 to 14. Uh, looking at the stats for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 195 pass yards and two passing touchdowns. Um, Aaron Jones, 13 carries on the ground for 76 rushing yards, while Aaron Rodgers uh, ran seven times for 19 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then um, getting to receiving Devontae Adams, four catches for 89 yards. Aaron Jones, four catches, 34 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, three catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. And Mercedes Lewis, two catches for 17 yards. Um, Nate, I'll get to on Green Bay. They've won five games in a row. This team looks like one of the best teams in the league right now. Pretty much. I mean, they had like one one bad game and then they were kind of written off and then they just won four four straight so i mean i guess this is kind of to be expected from green bay yeah absolutely and then just getting to the bears uh, justin fields 174 pass yards a passing touchdown and an interception uh, in terms of rushing uh, khalil herbert 19 carries 97 yards and a rushing touchdown um justin field at six carries for 43 rush yards and then in terms of receiving, uh, Allen Robinson, four catches for 53 yards. Cole Komet, four catches for 49 yards. And Darnell Mooney had five catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mete, just getting your thoughts on the Bears. Um, I guess what's the overall look for this team going forward? Yeah, the overall look now is that now that they have Justin Fields taking over as a quarterback, I feel like it's just going to be – experience for him uh i think they can stay competitive with him but yeah like you said they're in a tough division tough conference so it's just gonna be about experience for fields i think yeah a lot more experience coming i do believe they have tampa bay this coming week so that's another big game for him but moving on to the next game here, the Baltimore Ravens really hammering the LA Chargers 34 to 6. Definitely a, a big game for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 167 pass yards and a passing touchdown. He also had two interceptions. And then in terms of rushing, Devontae Freeman, nine carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson had eight carries for 51 rush yards. Latavius Murray had nine carries for 44 rush yards and a touchdown. And Le'Veon Bell had eight carries for 18 yards and a rushing touchdown. So a lot of work there done on the ground. Of course, we know about this poor Chargers run defense. And then getting to receiving, Mark Andrews, five catches, 68 yards and a receiving touchdown. Hollywood Brown, four catches for 35 yards. And Rashad Bateman had four catches for 29 yards. Ametti, I'll get to you on the Ravens. Yeah, this is looking like one of the better teams in the AFC. They've also won five in a row. Yeah, definitely one of the better teams in the AFC. Uh, yeah, the Ravens, this is a huge win for them as the Chargers are looking like an up-and-coming team. They were off to a great start, and to limit them to six points, uh, Chargers have a great offense. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. 
these guys are all pro bowlers or in Justin Herbert's case, he's definitely going to become one in a couple of years or even this year. So yeah, a very impressive win for the Ravens. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and then I guess getting to the Chargers, uh, just looking at some of their stats, Justin Herbert, 195 pass yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. He also rushed two times on the ground for 12 rushing yards, and that was the most on his team. Uh, in terms of receiving Keenan Allen, five catches, 50 yards. Austin Eckler, four catches for 48 yards. And then Mike Williams, two catches for 27 yards. Uh, Jared Cook had the only receiving touchdown in this game, and he did it on four catches for 25 yards. Uh, Nate, not much else to say about this Chargers team. They, they're still a good team, but they just had a bad game. Yeah, I think this was partially a bad matchup because um, I guess at least on the Chargers defensive ends, um, it's hard hard for them to stop the run, and the Ravens are one of the best running offenses in the league. And then in terms of um, the offensive side, um, their run game was kind of stopped by the Ravens because the Ravens do have a really good um, run defense. So it pretty much came down to how well was the passing game going to be? And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Um, their rush defense definitely needs to improve because once you get to the playoffs, teams tend to run the ball a little bit more. So they definitely want to clean that up. Um, getting to the next game, I believe this game went to overtime. The Minnesota Vikings being the Carolina Panthers, 34-28. to 28. Uh, Getting to the Vikings stats here, Kirk Cousins, 373 pass yards and three passing touchdowns, really solid. Dalvin Cook, 29 carries on the ground for 140 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Adam Thielen, 11 catches, 126 yards and a receiving touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 8 catches for 80 yards. And K.J. Osborne, 6 catches, 78 yards and a receiving touchdown. Tyler Conklin added 3 catches for 71 yards as well. And Chris Herndon's 1 catch went for 2 yards and a receiving touchdown. So, uh, Nate, getting 2 on the Vikings... Um, yeah, this team, they're slowly getting better week by week. But, yeah, this is a big win for them. Yeah, for sure. And Carolina's not a bad defense at, at all. I think they're top 10. And, um, yeah, the Vikings still found a way to uh, beat a defense as good as Carolina's. Yeah, for sure. And getting to the Panthers, Sam Darnold, 207 pass yards, one passing touchdown and an interception. Um, Chuba Hubbard on the ground, 16 carries, 61 yards and a touchdown. Sam Darnold had four carries for 48 yards as well. Then in terms of receiving, DJ Moore, five catches, 73 yards. Ian Thomas, one catch, 41 yards. Brandon Zalstra had three catches for 32 yards. And She Smith had uh, two catches for 20 yards. And uh, Robbie Anderson's three catches went for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Metsy, I'll get to you on the Panthers. He started 3-0. and Now they're 3-3. and I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I feel like um, it's been tough for them ever since the 3-0 and start. They lose uh, Christian McCaffrey, and then we get news a couple of days ago that he'll be out even a couple of weeks more. So, yeah, that definitely doesn't help them out. And uh, they're playing much better teams now. Uh, their first three games were against relatively easy opponents. And also, I feel like them trading Dan Arnold wasn't the greatest move. He was definitely their best tight end. And 
yeah, I think he's kind of underrated. So they could definitely use him as outside of DJ Moore. There is there really isn't too many reliable targets here. Robbie Anderson, he's uh really been slumping this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They definitely need to improve outside of Christian McCaffrey because if he is out, then it really looks like their offense kind of dries up. Uh, speaking of an offense that dried up, the Arizona Panthers, sorry, the Arizona Cardinals dried up the Cleveland Browns offense, 37 to 14, big win for the Cardinals. I believe their coaching staff was out in this game on the protocol. So um, yeah, the Cardinals still play really solid. Kyler Murray, 229 pass yards. Uh, four passing touchdowns, so huge game for him. In terms of rushing, James Conner, 16 carries, 71 yards on the ground. Chase Edmonds, four carries for 46 yards. And uh, getting to receiving, A.J. Green, five catches, 79 yards and a touchdown. And then Christian Kirk, five catches, 75 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, three catches, 55 yards and two touchdowns. Well, Rondell Moore, three catches for 16 yards. Uh, Mete getting to on the Cardinals. They're the only undefeated team in the league. I don't know how long can they go undefeated. Yeah, only undefeated team, like you said. I think at least for one more week, they have the Texans coming up, so that should be a win. So, yeah, depending on who they're playing after the Texans. Um, yeah, they've been really impressive. I think I said this a couple of episodes ago, but uh, their defense, I wasn't too sure of entering into this year. And yeah, even the defense to stop the Browns to 14, that's not an easy uh, task. So Cardinals look like a complete football team. Yeah, they really do. I definitely agree with that. I mean, the Browns do look like a complete football team. The only problem is they're just missing so many players right now. It's just really hard to see them as complete. Looking at the stats, Baker Mayfield, 234 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Kareem Hunt, 14 carries for 66 rushing yards. Then in terms of receiving, Donovan Peoples-Jones, four catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr., five catches for 79 receiving yards. And Demetric Felton had two catches for 14 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Browns. Um, they didn't have Chubb in this game, but I guess what else um, – went wrong in this game for the Browns. I believe Kareem Hunt also got um, an ankle injury, so he's probably going to be out for a really long time. That was kind of one of the other things that went wrong. Um, I think Baker landed on his um, left shoulder. Was it left shoulder? One of his shoulders, the one that that is already injured, which is also not really a good sign either. Um, yeah, pretty much the... Browns in general is just um, really banged up, but I mean, they're still trying to do a playoff push even with this banged up team, so even though it it would have been really difficult to try to win against the, the Cardinals, um, I guess it would have been uh, nicer to see a score that was a little bit closer than it was. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely thought it was close. Um, like, it would be close, and I guess I thought that uh, Cleveland might even have a chance to get the win. But, yeah, good on the Cardinals. They got a solid victory there. I'm getting to the next game, the Las Vegas Raiders beating the Denver Broncos 34-24. to I guess looking at the Raiders here, uh, Derek Carr, 341 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, really solid. 
Josh Jacobs, 16 carries, 51 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Kenyon Drake, four carries, 34 yards and a rushing touchdown. In terms of receiving, Henry Ruggs, three catches, 97 yards and a touchdown, really solid. Ryan Edwards, two catches for 67 yards. Darren Waller, five catches, 59 yards. And Kenyon Drake had two catches for 39 yards and a receiving touchdown. So, um, yeah, Nate, I'll get to you on the Raiders here. They sort of find a way to to turn it around after uh, getting uh, two straight losses. They finally get back in the win column. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, I still think they're a pretty solid team overall. They're four and four and two. Their passing game is um, really good as well. And the Broncos have a pretty solid defense. So I think this is a pretty good showing from them. Yeah, I know they do have a solid defense. For some reason, they've just been allowing a lot of points lately. Not sure what's going on. But I guess in terms of offense, Teddy Bridgewater, 334 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and three interceptions. On the ground, Javante Williams, 11 carries, 53 yards. Melvin Gordon, 10 carries, 50 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Noah Fant, nine catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Cortland Sutton, eight catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Tim Patrick, three catches, 42 yards, and a receiving touchdown. And Kendall Hinton had five catches for 37 yards. Um, I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on this Broncos team? Another 3-0 and team that's now 3-3. and Yeah, I like the Panthers. They started off the season against easy teams. And good for them. They took advantage of it. But now that they're facing the tougher opponents, uh, their true skill is showing as they're on a three-game losing streak. So, yeah, they're not definitely not a bad team but i feel like the 3-0 and start was due to uh easy schedule yeah i definitely agree they also need to clean up some things they have a lot of injuries and um yeah i think this broncos team can be good they just got to sort of get players back and they got to sort of fix up whatever they're doing and they should be a good enough team to compete um getting to the next game dallas cowboys beating the new england patriots 35 to 29 so it was a really tight game all the way till the end. It also went to overtime. Um, looking at the Cowboys stats first, uh, Dak Prescott, 445 passing yards, three passing touchdowns and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Ezekiel Elliott, 17 carries for 69 yards and Tony Pollard at 10 carries for 41 yards. And then in terms of receiving, CeeDee Lamb, nine uh, catches, 149 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Dalton Schultz, five catches for 79 yards. Amari Cooper, five catches for 55 yards. Ezekiel Elliott had seven catches for 50 yards. Noah Brown, two catches, 47 yards. Cedric Wilson, four catches for 42 yards. And Blake Jarwin's one catch was for one yard and a touchdown. Matt Tail, get to you on your Cowboys. I guess just talk about the win that they got. Yeah. Uh, wow, this was a close game, and... The ending was really wild as Trayvon Diggs gets a pick six and then you're thinking the Cowboys won. Uh, after the kickoff, one play, 80-yard touchdown, something like that to Kendrick Bourne. And then you're thinking the Patriots won and then the Cowboys get in field goal range uh, to get it to overtime and then win in overtime. So, yeah, uh, honestly, I wasn't too... Uh, impressed with the Patriots this season outside of the Tampa Bay game, but uh, they definitely impressed me this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I did mention last week, the Patriots tend to play up or down to their competition. They definitely played up to Dallas's level this game. Um, looking at their stats here, uh, Mac Jones, 229 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Obviously, you mentioned it was a pick six. And then getting to rushing, Damian Harris, 18 carries, 101 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson had five carries for 23 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Kendrick Bourne, like you mentioned, his one catch, it was for 75 yards and it was a receiving touchdown. Jacoby Myers, five catches, 44 yards. Ramondre Stevenson, three catches for 39 yards. And Hunter Henry had two catches that went for 25 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Patriots. It was a close game. They had it in their hands, but I guess they let it slip away. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess, unfortunately, even though the game slipped away from them, I think this is a good game from them. Um, they were able to, I guess, they didn't stop the um, Dallas Cowboys, but they were able to slow them down enough to um, keep up pace with them. And I feel like their offense was um, pretty solid. It, they were able to, um, I guess, keep up with um, the, da- the Dallas Cowboys offense. So I think they have a pretty good combination of both offense and defense, and they should be able to keep up with most teams with this way. Yeah, for sure. At least the Patriots are beating the easy teams and the tougher teams. They are losing close games, so they just need to make a couple tweaks, and I definitely think they can start rolling and getting some wins coming up. Definitely have to see about that, but we'll get to the Sunday night game here. Pittsburgh Steelers being the Seattle Seahawks, 23-20. to Uh, We'll look at the Pittsburgh stats here first. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 229 pass yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Najee Harris, 24 carries for 81 yards. Deontay Johnson's one carry went for 25 yards. And Eric Ebron had a one-yard rush that was for a touchdown. And then getting to receiving, Deontay Johnson, nine catches, 71 yards. Pratt, Pat Freermuth had seven catches for 58 yards. And Najee Harris had six catches for 46 yards and a receiving touchdown. Nate, I'll get to you on the Steelers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, I feel like this was a pretty clutch win and their defense really came through, through for them. I know Russell Wilson isn't playing right now. It's Geno Smith, but Geno Smith has been a pretty solid um, backup quarterback. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they basically um, put on a lot of pressure the, the entire game. They even um, got a fumble from uh, Geno Smith, which I think is really impressive. And yeah, game came down to the wire and they were able to win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just looking at Geno Smith's stats, I know he did have the fumble, but no interceptions. He had 209 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, in terms of rushing, Alex Collins, big game for him. Uh, 20 carries, 101 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, in terms of receiving, DK Metcalf, six catches for 58 yards. Gerald Everett, two catches for 40 yards. Tyler Lockett, two catches for 35 yards. And DJ Dallas had five catches for 33 yards. And Will Disley's two catches went for eight yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess getting to you, uh, Mete, on the Seahawks, um, I guess what are your thoughts on this team going forward? Yeah, I think even without uh, Russell Wilson, they, they're honestly a solid team. Uh, they go down 14 nothing, and to come back from that with a backup quarterback is impressive, almost – uh, winning the game against a pretty good Steelers team. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. They just got to 
wait a couple more weeks for Wilson and they can make the push again for the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree. Getting Russell Wilson back is really important for that team. Hopefully they are hovering around the 500 mark when he does come back so that, you know, he can rack up some wins and I guess uh, try and get them into the playoffs. But uh, moving to the Monday night game, honestly, this was an amazing game, but it was overshadowed by something that happened late in the game. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, um, but I will start with the Tennessee Titans stats here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 216 pass yards and an interception. In terms of rushing, Derrick Henry, 20 carries for 143 rush yards and three rushing touchdowns. I don't know how he does this every game, but it seems like he's getting three touchdowns almost every game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill also had two carries for three rush yards and a touchdown. In terms of receiving, A.J. Brown, nine ca- sorry, seven catches for 91 yards. Julio Jones, three catches for 59 yards. And Nick westbrook Akeen had three catches for 27 receiving yards. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you on the Titans. Um, we know what happened at the end of the game. The Buffalo Bills, instead of kicking for the three, they elect to go for it on fourth down. Obviously, they don't get it. And the Titans win this game. But I guess, what are your thoughts on this uh, Titans team? I think they're all right. Um, I'm kind of disappointed with the way they're utilizing Julio Jones. I feel like with him being one of the uh, better receivers of our generation, I think they got to target him more, not just this game. Uh, I feel like every game he's played so far for them, he hasn't been targeted as much. And then the defense is also not the greatest. They've been giving up 20-plus points every week, it seems like. So, yeah, I think those two things are their main issues, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that Julio Jones should be getting at least six targets per game, if not more. But then again, they probably have one of the best running backs of this generation in Derrick Henry. So, I mean, they they do uh, want to sort of give him the main role as he is still in the main part of his prime. Julio's sort of exiting his prime as we speak. But yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. The defense also needs to step up. And then Nate getting two on the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, this team, they should, they should have uh, kicked the field goal, but I guess they decided to go for it and it didn't work. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. I guess they were trying to go for the win, but they could have probably won in overtime, I think. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. They definitely should have uh, taken the three points instead. All right, that's going to be the end of the recap. So let's just hop right into our pickups for the week. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll start with you. I guess, who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, so for running back, I'd go for Mark Ingram. Starting running back for the Houston Texans, I think he put up a, put up around nine points last week, which isn't the greatest. But if you're especially in a deep league, uh, it's really hard to find running backs who could even give you nine points on the waiver wire. So, yeah, with him being a starter and only thirty percent owned, something like that, I think uh, you should give him a look. My bad. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think that uh, he's really solid and um, yeah, I'll get to my running back pickup for the week and that's uh, Dearness Johnson. Um, Nate, you were telling us about the news of Kareem Hunt possibly being injured for a few weeks. 
Um, and then, yeah, um, Dearness Johnson just seems like the most logical pickup. Uh, Browns are run heavy. He's going to get his, what, 15 carries or so for the game, if not more. And, yeah, um, with the way that offensive line is, it's going to produce. Um, he has a good chance of getting a touchdown as well. So, yeah, Dearness Johnson is my running back pickup. Um, and I guess, uh, Nate, I'll get to you for yours. I guess my pickup for the week is um, J.D. McKissick for the Washington football team. Um, I feel like he should be getting um, more carries uh, this week, and he already had um, eight carries against Kansas City with 45 yards, so I think that ended up, ended up being about 15 fantasy points, which I think is um, really good. So, yeah, you should definitely pick up Jaden McKissick. Yeah, and I guess with news that Antonio Gibson might not play, that's an even better reason to pick up J.D. McKissick because he's probably going to be the starter there as well. Um, I guess other guys you could take a look at, uh, Rashad Penny, um, uh, Dimitri Felton, um, and um, let me see, who else is here? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of pick uh, running backs that are over 50%. Those are, I guess, the the three main guys that you could pick up that are under 50% rostered. Um, let's get to the wide receivers now. Um, Matty, I'll start with you again. Uh, who's your pickup for the week? I'd go for Christian Kirk this week. Uh, big play guy, uh, red zone guy as well. Gets a lot of touchdowns. So, yeah, he's playing the Texans, uh, one of the worst teams in the leagues right now. So, yeah, I think that's a good matchup for him. Plays with a good quarterback in a good offense. So I think he can have a really good week. Yeah, I guess I'm following the same trend as you are. And I have AJ Green from the Cardinals as well. I guess if you own anyone from the Cardinals at this point, uh, they're very fantasy relevant. Um, AJ Green, he gets his pretty much consistent six targets every game. There was one game he didn't get six targets, but every other game he's gotten six targets. You can pretty much lock him into your lineup for six targets. And I mean, a lot of times he's going to find the end zone as well. So he's definitely really solid. He's under 50% rostered. So you definitely want to go pick him up. And then Nate, who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? Uh, my pickup for the week is uh, Tim Patrick. I think he's a wide receiver for the Denver for Broncos. It's about 35% rostered. So he should be available in most leagues. Unless your league is extremely deep. Um, he got, I think, 11.7 uh, fantasy points. Last week for Las Vegas, um, he's been consistent pretty much every week. He gets over um, 10 fantasy points. And Baltimore is the only uh, team that he got um, under 10 fantasy points against. Um, Cleveland defense, they're um, kind of banged up right now. Um, So he should be able to have, I guess, a decent matchup, even though it looks like the cornerbacks or it looks like they're back, but I feel like Tim Patrick should be able to still have a good fantasy day. Yeah, for sure. And I guess some other guys you could take a look at, Marquez Callaway, T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Parker, and of course we've been uh, mentioning Hunter Renfro almost every week. He is pretty solid and still under 50% rostered, so definitely go check those guys out as well. Um, I guess we'll um, get to quarterback now. I guess, Matty, I'll get to you. Who's your quarterback pickup for the week? Yeah, for quarterback, I'd go with Trevor Lawrence. He's sitting just at 50%. I've noticed uh, in my leagues, at least in a couple of them, that 
he's being dropped a lot now. And I think that's a mistake for most people as he has a rookie quarterback. He's only going to get better. And he already is getting better as, like I said earlier, he's throwing way less interceptions. So, yeah, he doesn't have a matchup this week. He's on a bye, but if you're in a tough situation for a quarterback, I think Lawrence could definitely help you out. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. He is starting to come around as a rookie, so definitely go take a look at him. I have uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he came back from injury this past week. He looked uh, pretty solid. Obviously, the team didn't play as well, but of course, he's solid enough to produce for himself both through the air and on the ground, so that's something you want to look for. Uh, when you're getting a fantasy quarterback, so definitely go check him out. Um, I guess other guys you could look at are Jameis Winston, Mac Jones, and Carson Wentz, among others that are under 50% rostered. And then for the tight ends, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you. Uh, who's your tight end pickup for the week? I guess for the week, my tight end pickup would be um, Ricky Seals-Jones for the Washington football team. He's also 30% rostered, so he should be available in most leagues. Um he ended up getting 13.8 fantasy points um, last week against Kansas City, and Kansas City had a really good defensive um, a day last week, and they're up against uh, Green Bay, which their defense is pretty decent, but um, they do have some holes that can be exploited, for example, in the in the red zone. So if um, Ricky Seals-Jones ends up getting a lot of red zone looks, I think he's going to have a really good fantasy day, so definitely pick him up yeah absolutely and I guess some other guys you could look at uh, CJ Uzama big day for him same with Moali Cox uh, you can look at Evan Ingram or uh, David Njoku as well and then um, that's pretty much the end of our pickups for the week so now we're just going to move right into previewing uh, week seven all the matchups here um, we'll start with Thursday night um Denver Broncos against the Cleveland Browns. I guess Nate, I'll get to you for that. Uh, for that preview. Um, I guess for uh Denver Broncos against Cleveland Browns, um, the Cleveland Browns they are still um a little bit depleted in terms of offense. In terms of defense, some of their guys are coming back. I think Miles Garrett's coming back. Denzel Ward's coming back. Uh. Greg Newsom should be coming back as well. So in terms of defense, they should be able to um, slow down the Denver Broncos enough. Uh, enough. But in terms of um, offense, I think the only question is, uh, would the Browns offense be able to keep up enough to try to cover? Yeah, for sure. And um, with all those players out, I guess, who would you start for fantasy? Um, I guess for fantasy, uh, for the players that you want to start, um, you should probably start, I guess. It depends if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in because um, he is questionable. Um, I guess for you could definitely start Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Noah Fant is also questionable as well, so you might want to check that. And then for deep leaks, uh, take a look at Javante Williams. And for Cleveland, um, you can probably start uh, Dearness Johnson, Odell, uh, Donovan, Peoples-Jones, and then in deep leagues, you could start um, Baker Mayfield if he's healthy, Rashard Higgins, Austin Hooper, and uh, David Njoku. All right, and then getting to the spread here, Browns came in favored by seven, but it looks like it's moved to minus three only, so the Browns are favored by minus three. I guess, Nate, which way are you looking here? 
Um, I guess minus three. Or it's actually um, three honestly, and a half. Three and a half. Three, three yeah. and a half. Uh, it's kind of tough because again, um, the Browns' offense is um not not at its at its full strength. So there is a chance that um Denver could kind of um walk away with the upset. So I guess you might want to go uh, Denver just in case. All right, and then Mette getting to you. Do you like the Browns here or do you like the Broncos? I think I'll go with the Browns. Uh, yeah, there is a good chance they're going to be missing some players, but I think the home crowd can help them uh, cover this as they only need to be – they only need to win by four or more. Yeah, I think I'm going to side with you, Mette, and go with the Browns. I think because when the line opened up, it was minus seven for the Browns. So a lot of the action came in on the Broncos, so they had to adjust the line. So I think the line now actually favors Cleveland a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think I would definitely hop on Cleveland uh, for that game. Uh, and then we'll get to the next game, um, the New York Jets uh, versus the New England Patriots. I'll preview that one for fantasy for the Jets. I think you can roll out Michael Carter now. He's definitely the starting running back there. He's getting a lot of work. Um, Patriots' most vulnerable part of their defense is through the run, so you definitely want to capitalize on that. And then you're probably rolling out Corey Davis maybe in a flex spot, um, but he's most likely going to be covered by J.C. Jackson, so even then it might not be a smart start, but um, you might not have many other options because of a lot of bye weeks, so he's probably a guy you can roll out. Um, and I guess guys you should sit or only start in deep leagues are Jamison Crowder, Zach Wilson, Denzel Mims, and Elijah Moore. Then for the Patriots, I think this might be a good start for Mac Jones, actually. Normally you wouldn't start him in everyday fantasy leagues, but uh, he might uh, be able to play really well against this Jets team. You start Damian Harris as well, Jacoby Myers, and now Hunter Henry's become very fantasy relevant. So definitely you could draft him or, or you can start him, sorry. And then, um, guys, you should probably sit. Uh, John Smith, Kendrick Bourne, uh, he doesn't get enough targets. Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Bolden, and Ramondre Stevenson. Then getting to the spread here for the game, Patriots are favored by six and a half. Of course, you know me, I will take the Patriots six and a half at home. They haven't been great at home, but they did beat the Jets by more than six and a half points the last time they faced them. So I think it's just more of the same, but I guess I'll get to you, Mete. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Six and a half against the Jets is not that large of a spread, so I'll go with the Patriots. And then getting to you, Nate, I guess, which side are you on here? I think six and a half is doable because it's pretty much just um, you're up by one, uh, one score and um, an extra point. So um, I think New England's capable of covering this. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think so. And then um, next game will be the Giants against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Matt, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Okay, so for the Giants, you start Daniel Jones if you have a tough quarterback situation, bye week, injuries, whatever. Devontae Booker as well. I'd only start him in deeper leagues or if you're in a tough situation for a running back. Sterling Shepard returned last week on another uh, 10-plus targets game for him so he has a targets monster this year definitely start him Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton I'd start if they if they're able to play right now I think they're both questionable so check on those two guys and then 
Carolina, Sam Darnold. I'd go for if you're in a tough situation. Chubba Hubbard, I definitely start him in pretty much all leagues. And then DJ Moore, I think, is the only reliable target there right now. Yeah, for sure. And then getting to the spread here, um, looks like the Panthers are favored by three points. Uh, I guess, Matt, which way are you going here? Yeah, I think I'll take the Panthers. The Giants, uh, they haven't been too good this season, and they're probably going to be without Saquon. So that's one of their best playmakers. I think they need them in order to win this game. All right, and getting to you, Nate, I guess, which side would you lean here? I think I'd still go with the Panthers. Um, Panthers do have one of the best defenses in the league, and uh, Giants' offense is um, really banged up right now. So, yeah, this should be doable for the Panthers. Yeah, um, I I want to take the Giants, but I just don't like the number. Uh, there is a chance this number becomes a bigger spread. In that case, I would take the Giants, but right now at minus three, you have to go with the Panthers. That seems like the right answer there. They should be able to win this game. Obviously, we've said that the last couple of weeks, actually the last three weeks, and they haven't won. So, um, yeah, the Panthers have not played as well. But, yeah, assuming it stays at minus three, I definitely like the Panthers as well. Then getting to the next game, Nate, I'll get to you uh, to preview uh, Casey against uh, Tennessee. So, I guess these are two teams with uh, really good offenses. So, I guess for, um, for Casey Nation, you can start a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Daryl Williams, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Nicole Hardman. For Tennessee, it's kind of hard to, to tell who exactly you can start because they're kind of um, starter heavy, and they're also really um, run heavy as well. So if you have Derrick Henry, you're ob- obviously going to start him. He's probably going to have a ton of carries, and most likely Kansas City's probably going to um, struggle trying to stop him, even with the level of defense that they're playing right now. And I guess um, you can also start A.J. Brown and Julio Jones as well. I wanted to say you could start Chester Rogers and Nick uh, Westbrook um, kind, but the thing is um, Derrick Henry is getting most of the carries and then A.J. Brown and Julio are getting most of the catches. So it's not going to be too much um, room, room for them unless Kansas City finds a way to slow down Derrick Henry enough for them to have to kind of change up their game. So maybe in the deepest leagues you might think about starting them but honestly i still wouldn't go for it all right and then uh, getting to the spread here the chiefs are favored by five and a half points i guess which way are you going on this game um i guess it all comes down to um how many um carries i mean how many um touchdowns that derrick henry is going to get for um tennessee and whether they can kind of slow down Kansas City so they might be able they might end up being like kind of a down to the wire game so I'll just go with Tennessee on this all right Mete getting to you um which side are you looking at here I think I'll go with the Chiefs uh two teams that don't have the greatest defenses and then uh the Chiefs offense I think is much better than the Titans so for that reason, I go with the Chiefs. All right, and I guess I'll break the tie here. I'm going to go with the Titans. Um, that They definitely uh, came out prepared for that Buffalo team. And Buffalo couldn't do anything to stop Derrick Henry, so I doubt the Chiefs are going to be able to stop him as well. 
can the Chiefs still pull out this game down to the wire? Like you said, Nate, yeah, I think they can. But in terms of spread, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the Titans. Uh, they're going to put up a lot of points against this Chiefs defense for sure. And then uh, getting to the next game, uh, Green Bay against the Washington football team. I'll preview this one for fantasy. Um, you definitely want to be starting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams for the Packers. Those are your pretty much three must-starts every week. Um, and then sits or deep league starts, uh, A.J. Dillon, uh, Robert Tanya, and Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb. And then um, for the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke, you should be able to roll him out. I know he had a rough game last week. Should be able to bounce back. Um, J.D. McKissick, uh, Terry McLaurin, and possibly Ricky Seals-Jones, depending on how uh, deep your, your league is. He might be a good start. Um, and then, guys, you should sit. It doesn't look like Antonio Gibson's going to play. Um, but if he does, he might be banged up. So you're probably better to maybe sit him or only start him in like a deep league. Then Curtis Samuel just really hasn't been producing. And a guy like Deami Brown as well, you can probably sit. And then um, getting to the spread, Packers are favored by nine and a half points. I guess, Mete, which way are you going here? Uh, that's a tough call. I feel like uh, spread against Washington's been kind of large last couple of weeks and I've been picking them. They haven't been covering. So yeah, for that reason, I might just switch it up and go with the Packers. All right, Nate, I guess, uh, how do you feel about this spread here? Normally nine and a half is like um, really concerning. So um, it's hard to say go with the Packers, but at the same time, um, Washington's defense hasn't really been the same. So it's gonna pretty much gonna come down to um, can I guess Heineke keep up with um, Aaron Rodgers and um, I feel like that's a bit of a tall order so I'm gonna go with Green Bay. Yeah, this is a tough game to actually predict because the Packers won by exactly ten points last Sunday. So yeah, they got that spread right there at nine and a half. I mean, is is Washington as good as the Bears? that's debatable because they're two different type of teams honestly it's it's really tough to say here i might lean with washington just because it it's a rather large number and it looks like the packers are getting a lot of action which is going to sort of uh, now give some value to taking washington so i think i might lean washington here but honestly i, I think green bay could easily cover this like they're, they're such a good team as well but yeah i'm going to lean washington here and then getting to the next game, Atlanta versus Miami. Mette, I'll get to you on that for fantasy. All right. So for Atlanta, uh, Matt Ryan, in tough situations. Cordell Patterson, uh, Mike Davis, another tough situation player. He's been kind of disappointing. Kyle Pitts and then Calvin Ridley for the Dolphins to Tonga Vailoa and Deeper leagues, or if you are in a tough situation, Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddle for sure, especially after last week. And then Devontae Parker, if he's able to play, I think he's questionable right now. And then Mike Kosicki, he's been great the last couple of weeks. So I'd start him as well. All right, and then getting to the spread for this game, the Falcons are favored by two and a half points. I guess, Mete, which way are you leaning here? Uh, it's it's a tough call. Uh, 
Falcons are kind of hard to trust. Miami, they've been pretty dis- disappointing. So I think I'll just go with Miami due to them being the plus. All right, uh, Nate, I'll get to you now. Which side are you on here? Um, It's pretty much going to come down to offense at this point, but um, the Falcons do have a pretty decent um, pass defense, all things considered. So I guess I'll go with the Falcons on this. Yeah, I guess to break the tie, I'm going to go with the Falcons here as well. Um, normally teams coming off the, the Europe trip get a bye week right after. The Falcons got their bye week last week after the Europe trip, but the Dolphins didn't take their bye week, which is interesting. I don't know how that's going to affect their team. And of course, the Falcons coming off a bye, um, they got a win going right into their bye. I think I can expect them to get a win coming out. So yeah, I do like the Falcons in this matchup. I'm going to go with them. Uh, and then uh, Nate, I'll get to you for the next game, preview the Bengals against the Ravens. Bengals versus Ravens. Uh, I guess for um, Bengals, you could probably start Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. And then um, for, I guess, deeper leagues, you can maybe start um, C.J. Uzoma. You might even be able to start him in shallow shallow leagues too. It kind of depends on um, how, I guess, how he plays. And then um, you could start Joe Burrow, I think, mostly in deeper leagues, mainly because it's kind of hard to tell if um, Joe Burrow is going to get over um, 20 points this week with a pretty tough Baltimore defense. And then with um, Baltimore, you can start Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. And then in deeper leagues, you can start Latavius Murray. You might be able to start Sammy Watkins if he's healthy in a deeper league. But the thing is, he is questionable, so you're going to have to double-check that. I guess if Watkins doesn't play, I guess, can you start Rashad Bateman? Uh, it's his second game. I guess maybe in that case, you might want to take a look at Rashad Bateman if Sammy Watkins is out. And, um, I guess getting to the spread on this game, I – did start at minus 10 for the Ravens. It's now down to minus six, some places six and a half. Uh, Nate, I guess, uh, which way are you looking here? I guess I'm going to go with um, the Ravens, not because um, the Bengals have been playing bad, but um, the Ravens are just so um, good this year. I feel like they should be able to keep up um, with the Bengals and maybe even kind of overtake the pace in this game. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, Matt, to getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? I think I'll go with the Bengals. I've been really impressed with them. Uh, They're the plus. So, yeah, I think they can cover. All right. And, yeah, it's just really tough looking at this game, which way to go. I guess since it's under a touchdown, I might lean with the Ravens. Uh, If the number keeps uh, moving up closer to where it was before, might have to lean with the Bengals, but I guess as of right now, I'm just going to lean with the Ravens, only minus six, so they should be able to cover that. Uh, and then getting to the next game, uh, Detroit against the LA Rams. I'll preview that one for fantasy. So for Detroit, you'll be starting DeAndre Swift, uh, TJ Hawkinson, and you could roll out Amon Ross St. Brown. He is getting the targets. I guess he just needs a bit more yardage on his targets, but he should be really solid. Um, and then sits or deep league starts Jared Goff revenge game. So there is a chance he pops off in this game, uh, but I would only start him in deep leagues on that note. And then uh, Jamal Williams, 
and Khalif Raymond, I guess, are just deep league uh, uh, guys that you should be starting at this point. And then uh, on the Rams side, Matthew Stafford, his revenge game as well. Um, He's the better option than Jared Goff, so you should be rolling him out for sure. Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Tyler Higby. And then deep league starts would be guys like Sony Michelle, who could get some work if this game gets out of hand, so keep an eye on that. Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson as well. And then getting to the spread for this game, uh, it's looking like it's minus 14 and a half. Some places are minus 15 and 15 and a half. This is insane. I'll just go with minus 15 since that's in the middle. Uh, Nate, this is a big spread for the Rams to cover, but do you think they can cover minus 15? Minus 15 is kind of a lot. Um, it really depends because some weeks Detroit plays like insane defense and then it, the game ends up like going down to the wire. And then sometimes teams just figure out a way to take the Detroit's um, defense, uh, defense apart. So not sure um, which way it's going to go. So uh, I guess maybe I'll just go for Detroit on this. All right, Mete, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? Yeah, I'm going with Detroit as well. I think uh, Jared Goff in his revenge game, he'll at least keep it close. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you got these two quarterbacks that were traded for each other. I mean, this game has to be close, right? I have no idea why the Rams are so heavily favored. It seems like uh, there is a lot of um, wagers on this Rams team as well. Uh, which is really um, getting this number to keep moving higher and higher. So, yeah, um, I definitely agree with you guys. I will lean with the Lions here. And then uh, getting to the next game, uh, Philadelphia versus Las Vegas. Uh, Matt, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Eagles, should start Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders. Hopefully uh, they run him more. Devontae Smith and then Dallas Goddard after the Zach Ertz trade, I feel like he's going to be even better. So definitely start him. Las Vegas, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, uh, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. You could go in deeper leagues if you're in a situation. And Henry Ruggs as well. All right. And then getting to the spread for this game. It's minus three right now for the Raiders. Uh, Mete, which side are you on here? Yeah, I think I'll go with the Raiders. Uh, they've been pretty good this season. Philadelphia, they haven't really impressed me, so it's not that big of a spread. I'll side with the team that has impressed me. All right, Nate, which side are you on here? I feel like uh, minus three is really doable for Las Vegas, especially with the level of offense and with, I guess, um, how – Philadelphia's defense has been they're not necessarily the best defense so yeah minus three is doable yeah I was gonna say that I think Carolina had like a minus three or three and a half spread on the Eagles uh, a couple weeks ago and then they ended up losing to the Eagles but I think the Raiders have a lot better playmakers than uh, the Panthers do without uh, McCaffrey so I think the Raiders definitely have the guys to get this uh, win here so yeah I will lean with the Raiders at minus three um, and then getting to the next game, Houston against Arizona. Nate, I'll get to you for fantasy. Yeah, so I guess for um, I'll start with Houston because um, 
unfortunately, um, it's all looking a little um, dry on this team. There's not really too many players that you'd want to um, go to for starts. Um, some players that you might want to look at, you could look at Brandon Cooks. He's a um, really talented wide receiver, so you could start him. Maybe in deep leagues, you could look at Mark Ingram, but even, uh, even so, I'm not completely sure that you would want to start him over other, other running backs, so deep leagues only. And then um, for Arizona, uh, tons of players you can start. Um, Kyler Murray, starting quarterback for Arizona. Um, he's been going off every week. I don't think this week's going to be any different. You can also take a look at James Conner, Chase Edmonds, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, and Zach Ertz. All right, and spread. This is the biggest spread of the weekend, minus 17 and a half for the Cardinals. Um, Nate, I guess, which way are you leaning here? I want to say that um, Houston can cover this, but at the same time, I'm not sure how they're going to slow down Arizona. So this could be one of the few blowouts this week. So I guess I'll go with Arizona. All right, Matty, I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? Yeah, I'll take Arizona as well. Uh, the Texans, last couple of weeks, they've been given big spreads and they haven't been able to cover. So I'll go with the Cardinals. All right. And yeah, looking at the spread here, um, I liked it better when it was 10 and a half uh, for the Cardinals, but 17, 17 and a half. Yeah, I might lean towards the Cardinals. Obviously, this is a big stay away game, but yeah, the Cardinals are sort of where I'm leaning here. I think that's the play. And then getting to the next game, Chicago against Tampa Bay. I'll preview that for fantasy. For Chicago, probably your only starts are Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney because the only way that you can score on this um, Bucks defense is through the air. So those would be the two guys that you'd look to start. They haven't been that great, uh, especially Allen Robinson has not been that great, but you probably want to roll them out this week. You're sitting guys like Fields, Komet, Jimmy Graham, uh, Khalil Herbert, and Damian Williams should be splitting the carries. I believe Williams is back from COVID. So, yeah, I, with what Tampa Bay is giving up on the ground, they're not worth starting. And then for the Bucks, you're starting Brady, uh, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. And it looks like Gronk might be back in the lineup. So if he is, you're rolling him out. Uh, and then, guys, you're going to sit probably Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Brait. And then getting to the spread, Bucks are favored by 12 and a half. Um, Nate, where are you going for this game? Um, 12 and a half. That's kind of um, tough to cover. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to go with um, the Bears, I guess. And then Mete, getting to you, I guess, uh, which team do you like here? I like the Buccaneers. I know it's a big spread, but, yeah, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They're at home. The Bears have a rookie quarterback. So, yeah, I think even though it's a larger spread, I think they can cover. Yeah, um, I might lean actually with the Bears here, to be honest. I don't know. I just feel like this Bears team – uh, they are three and three. They don't seem to get enough credit. They should be able to keep it decently close. They kept Rodgers within 10 points. I think Brady's just as good as Rodgers at his age. So, I mean, 
it's probably going to be around 10 or 12. It's probably going to be right around where the spread is. So I might lean slightly with the bears there. Um, and then getting to the next game, um, Sunday night, uh, Indianapolis versus San Francisco. Matty, I'll get to you for that one for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Colts, you'd start Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. Hilton, great return last week, and then Michael Pittman for San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. All right, and then uh, getting to the spread now, the 49ers are favored by four and a half. Um, well, I see three and a half. I see four. Uh, so let's just go with four. The 49ers are favored by four. Which way are you going here? I think I'll go with the Colts. I've been saying I think they're better than their record shows. And yeah, the 49ers, I think they might be without Trey Lance, which hurts some. I think he's the better quarterback over Garoppolo. So yeah, for those reasons, I'm going with the Colts. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? Um, I guess I'll go with the Colts on this one. I feel like um, their offense has been improving a bit, so yeah. Yeah, the Colts are getting healthier. I actually might lean with them. We know how many injuries the 49ers have in their secondary. Um, I think that the Colts can exploit it. It's going to be a close game, so if it if the game comes down to the wire, you want to be on the side where you're getting points. So if you're getting four or four and a half points, I definitely want to be siding with the Colts as well. And then getting to Monday night game, Nate, I'll get to you for this one, uh, the Saints against the Seahawks. So I guess for the Saints, you can um, go with uh, Jameis Winston um, Al and Alvin Kamara. Um, you could even look at, I guess, Marcus uh, Callaway and uh, Deontay Harris as well. Um, Adam Trotman, I'm not really too too sure. I'd say only starting in deep leagues. And then I guess for the Seahawks, um, Alex Collins, because um, uh, Chris Carson is injured. Alex Collins, I think, is questionable as well. So you might also want to um, double check if he's healthy, but I think he should be healthy enough to start. You can also take a look at um, DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, Ger Gerald Everett. You might even be able to look at Freddie Swain as well, depending on the uh, depth of your league. All right, and getting to the spread now, um, it looks like the Saints are favored by uh, five points here. Some say five and a half, some say four and a half, but we'll go with five. Um, I guess, Nate, um, who do you like here? Um, I guess you could go with, I want to say, um, Saints, but I feel like, um, these teams, they're kind of the same overall in terms of strength, even with Russell Wilson out. So I guess I might go with the Seahawks on this. All right, Mete, getting to you, I guess, which side are you taking here? I think I'll go for the Saints. I think they're going to pick it up. They've been inconsistent right now. And for them to get to play the Seahawks without Wilson, I think is huge for them. So for those reasons, I think they can cover. Yeah, I guess to break the tie here, I'm also going to go with the Saints. I feel like that they, they've just come off a bye week. I think they definitely uh, have uh, something to prove. And yeah, I feel like that their defense, it might not be as good as Pittsburgh, but I, think, I feel like their offense can click a bit better than Pittsburgh's has been. 
and the Seahawks are pretty tight with Pittsburgh. So I think maybe the Saints can win by like a touchdown or something. So I will lean with them. And yeah, that's pretty much uh, the entire slate for week seven. Uh, definitely going to be some great games for sure. Um, and yeah, that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting picks for uh, NBA, NHL, and NFL. So definitely go check those out. And then uh, this podcast will be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, another great week of football. Uh, Nate, you got your Browns on Thursday night. Uh, and then uh, looks like the Cowboys are on a bye this week, Mate. And then uh, Patriots will be playing on Sunday for me. So a lot of exciting football this week. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.